A new look for Goff's majors. Yes, Tiger King is worth a look and how horse racing is helping the return of the rest of the sports you love. Let's talk about it on a brand new Air Attack starting right now. And first of all, real quickly, on Twitter, Air Attack Radio. Okay, at Air Attack Radio on Twitter. It's where the you can find all the content from the show now. My other accounts aren't going anywhere. They'll still be there. You can follow me personally on Twitter at BCAK, the man. We have a new account now for the show, Air Attack Radio. So follow that on Twitter. Share it with everybody, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. Seems like a long time ago when LeBron James was scolding the rest of the planet for saying anything bad about China. Does it not? My God. Remember that? How dare Daryl Morey from the, from the Rockets? talk about Hong Kong and stand with those people. He might cost people money. Oh, no. It's funny. Out of all the people that have had something to say, out of all the corny Facebook videos, all the cheesy Instagram posts, all the songs that nobody asked for, the one person I've heard very little from is LeBron James now. I wonder why that is. Okay? Guy should be embarrassed. And the response to this whole thing, you know, every day it kind of changes. But I think that's part of the problem. I think that's what adds to the craziness. Right? I mean, I'll give you an example. Here, Wheel of Fortune comes on right after Jeopardy. Jeopardy at 7, Wheel of Fortune 7.30. And ABC News was cutting cutting in and bumping Wheel of Fortune the last three or four days of last week because everything was so bad. We had bad numbers in New York. They had, uh, you know, some footage, whether it was real or not, which apparently now is not really a requirement that it be real if you ask CBS, but that's, that's a different story. But, then, you know, here, here you got interviews and footage from all these hospitals. They recap what the president says, and it's a grim outlook. And, I mean, honestly, even, like, even the, the camera shots they use have gray skies. They're trying to create a, kind of a look here, you know? Basically, like, like you're just you're all done for. And then early this week, there are good numbers out in New York. Guess what? No ABC News Special Edition. <laughs> they just so if all you're given is bad news, that's obviously going to going to lead to a lot of the hysteria, right? And then you have this drug that the president's been been pushing. So of course the people that don't like him are telling you it doesn't work. How do you know it doesn't work? It may not work, and you may not know that it does work. But how do you possibly know that it definitely doesn't work? Okay, you psychopaths, give me a break. But somehow doctors want it, and doctors want to prescribe it, and doctors want to stockpile it for themselves and their families, and they want to give it to their patients, right? But somehow you know it doesn't work. So it turns out that it's looking more and more like it works. So what's the response? Well, the president's got to be involved in some kind of funny business with this drug. He must be making a bunch of money. Yeah, that's give me. No, give me a break. Nobody needs this from you right now. Nobody needs your silly political bullshit right now. Shut the fuck up. How much money do you think there is in malaria drugs? It's in all the poorest places in the world. My God. Makes you feel better. China sells that. <laughs> so, I mean, if that, if that makes you feel good. It's also part of the problem. It's also kind of ironic that the, that the people that gave it to everybody, yeah, now they sell the cure. How about that? But you're getting so much conflicting info. You know, one week it's looking good. One day it's looking good. And then you hear, well, it's going to be a tough week. Things are looking grim. You know, the president comes out and says there's a lot of hope with this new, this new medication. You know, some of the numbers are looking good. Maybe we're plateauing. The next day, the Surgeon General comes out and says, hey, this week's going to be like Pearl Harbor. Hey, guys, which one is it? Which one are we doing here? New York has, has terrible numbers. Then they have great numbers. Here comes New Jersey with their worst day ever. Oh, next thing you know, New York has their worst day ever. Now the governor of New Jersey wants you wearing a mask when you go to the grocery store, which... There's no way that backfires in some of our poor neighborhoods in New Jersey. No, no way. No way everyone in a, in a store with a mask on at the same time goes south in Newark or Elizabeth. No possible way. <laughs> now he's finally closing down construction sites as well. well. Wait a second. Number one, I thought that we didn't know that masks help anybody. Now we want masks on everybody. And if construction sites shouldn't be open, why have they been open for the last month? So again, what are we doing here? 
You got to wear a mask at a grocery store, but not on a train or a bus. So to me, they've just been going back and forth with a lot of conflicting and confusing information, and it's just not helping. And you know what? The other thing is this. If you were just blunt to begin with about who was really at risk here, and nothing has changed with that, okay? If you're elderly, if you have asthma, if you have diabetes, if you have some sort of you know immune disorder, you are obviously at a much, much higher risk. But people have been pushing it down your throats, you know, for the last few weeks. Anybody can get this. We know that. We know anybody can do anybody can get a staph infection in the hospital and die. Anybody could. But you're not likely to. And if they've just been honest about that to begin with and maybe shut down some buses and trains and places that you know are helping to spread this thing, I mean you've got to be a fool not to know that. Maybe this thing maybe the story would be a little different right now. So you know, for, for everybody, I think the one experience that everyone has had at this point that has just been insane is the grocery store. I mean, it's turning into, if you don't get there at the crack of dawn, if you're not one of the first there, you might as well not even go. Because by the time you get in, you're going you're to wait in a ridiculous line, but you're going to have a huge crowd. But by the time you get there, they're not going to have anything. And people acting this way, by the way, all of you rocket scientists that think you need, you know, a closet full of toilet paper or, you know, seven cans of Lysol, whatever it is, all you're doing is driving up the prices. And a lot of this stuff is stuff that is going to be there anyway. Now, toilet paper and paper towels, they've had to ramp up production on. And I know sanitizer and alcohol they're having a hard time with, but people are getting around that, too. You can order this stuff online. You can use Everclear to make your own hand sanitizer, mix it with some, some aloe gel or some hand lotion or whatever. But because you people are behaving like fools, because it's turned into almost a sport for you to just hoard as much as you can, you're driving the price up. I know part of that is also people selling online the Amazon and eBay. I have a feeling... The, those people and their little reign of terror are about to come to an end. Because I think the FBI, the FBI caught a guy in Borough Park in Brooklyn last week. He had like 130, 140,000 masks and apparently had access to a lot more. That's just what they caught. That's just what they took off of him. So they're actually starting to do something about this kind of stuff. Um, so I think that's about to get better. But, you know, they're going to start making people wear masks at grocery stores and stuff. I mean, the delivery business is going to take over. That's, what, that's what's going to happen. You're just going to have, you know, liquor deliveries, meat deliveries, grocery deliveries, whatever. Because otherwise, what, what's the point? It's not, it's not worth having to get up at 6.30 in the morning and then stand outside for half an hour or an hour. Thankfully, the weather's been pretty good around here, but it's not good everywhere. So it just becomes sort of a degrading experience. So they're talking now about August. That's one of Trump's numbers. That's, that's coming from some of the leagues themselves. But August looks like it's the target date for some of these sporting events to have fans. And I tell you what, if the quarantine wasn't putting your relationship to the test already, and, and, and it's different for everybody. I mean, you think, oh, yeah, it's tough staying at home. It all depends on your living situation. I mean, never mind the Hollywood phonies sending their videos about how they're coping in their, you know, seven-bedroom estate. No one cares about that, okay? Tom Brady is, is now renting Derek Jeter's house. You know, you've got people who are quarantined in, like, one-bedroom, one-bathroom apartments with a girlfriend or boyfriend they can't fucking stand, who they're probably just about to break up with, but they just lost their job. So now they're stuck with them. That's, now that's hardcore quarantining, okay? I think Tom and Giselle, Giselle could have held off on that announcement. Tom, uh, Tom Brady is running a place from Derek Jeter that looks like a small city on, on the water there in Tampa. I mean, it's just majestic. So no one cares about your quarantine. I mean, come on. That's not really a quarantine. It's a quarantine. You know, quarantine implies you have a limited, limited amount of space. There's no limit there. Tom Brady could sleep in a different room for a month every single night. That'll put your relationship to the test. And for some of you who are just starting to date and you're saying, no, we're not driving each other crazy. Okay, hold on now. You just started dating. You're talking about a relationship with four or five months of no sports. What happens in August when they're all coming back? 
when the NBA playoffs start. Maybe the NHL has their playoffs, and we get into college football, then pro football, and then you've got you know golf and all the stuff they're doing in the fall. What happens then? Okay, next thing you know, the guy's a different person. Maybe the girl's a different person. Maybe she doesn't want to be bothered. So you're, you're talking about basically a sociological experiment that hasn't even begun to play out yet in terms of how this whole thing's going to work. Very interesting, if you ask me. Now, one thing you'll all be doing more of now, I mean, unless you don't have a TV, is watching TV. Whether it's movies, you know, stuff you have on your DVR, which is kind of the way I watch TV now. I don't watch. I really couldn't tell you the last time I watched a television show live. Sports, you know, that, that's not part of this. But we're talking about an actual TV show. It's either Netflix, it's, it's on demand, or it's on the DVR. And so the, the, the talk of the TV world right now is obviously this, this Tiger King um, disaster on Netflix, which is just, it, it's crazy. It's, it's insane, but you have to understand, these are real people here. And in a day and age where Hollywood just finds itself out of ideas, they just can't come up with anything new, I tell you what, that is completely unacceptable when there are actual human beings like Joe Exotic and the just the freaks around him on this show. And they're not very, and listen, these are real people. Not very good ones either. A little bit scary. Okay, and you've got a little bit, this is what you hear, you got everything here. You kind of do, you got murder for hire, you've got three-way gay marriages, you've got zookeepers that are just hanging out with full-grown jungle cats. Very, very bizarre stuff. Started out as a reality show. Um, you find out, you will find out in the limited series, it's I think seven episodes, you'll find out along the way why it never materialized into a, reali into a reality show, but it, it started out as a reality show, and it wasn't because it, was, it wasn't interesting. That was not what happened. There's another reason for that, but you'll find out. You'll find out, but you're just talking about the, the dark underbelly of society, and it be, you have this sort of morbid obsession with wanting to watch it, and you know, I'd rather watch that now than watch you know, Wonder Woman leading a group of these self-righteous, delusional weirdos in a John Lennon song, or you know, get an update from Gwyneth Paltrow and her husband or, you know, Tom Brady trying to, you know, you know, act like a great guy. I think Tom Brady is a good guy. I don't think he's really that bad. But, you know, he goes out and donates 750,000 meals to people in Tampa. And we all find out about it. That, that, that's great that you're doing it, Tom. But I don't I don't find it that interesting. You're going to go live in Derek Jeter's house, right? You're going to go fucking bounce off the walls. You can play football inside the house. I mean, come on. We know you're a good guy. We know you're filthy rich. Great. It's a drop in the bucket for you. Great. I want to watch something. I want to be entertained. And so especially with all the extra time you have on your hands, this is worth a look. It's kind of divided social media. Some people are saying it's not worth it, but I would say by a two or three to one margin, um, people seem to like this. Uh, scary stuff. Scary that these are actual people, but worth a look all the same. And I believe they're having a follow-up episode um, released sometime this week on Netflix. So check out if you, if you want to watch that. They're also going to do a second season. I'm not going to tell you the subject matter of the second season because I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But Tiger King on Netflix. And I also, if you follow me on Twitter at BCAK, the man, occasionally I'm throwing out things on, on Netflix, maybe some regular movies too, but a lot of Netflix stuff that I think you might want to watch, especially something that you may not have already caught. Just maybe something a little bit different. So uh, follow me for that. Um, Kyle Walker from Man City. Interesting way of spending the, uh, the quarantine. I'm not sure he knows what a quarantine is. Got caught having a couple hookers over uh, last week. Now, I'm a realist. I understand that, you know, these guys lived interesting lives as professional athletes, especially if they're single. Um, you know, some of their, how can I put this, less casual relationships are probably put on hold right now because the NBA is not traveling, NHL is not traveling, and that's just how it is. Kyle Walker decides to have himself a, a little prostitute party at his place. The only problem is the hooker decided to tell uh, the local papers in Manchester, Louise McNamara, 21 said she and another escort, 24-year-old a 24-year-old Brazilian woman, were called on the night of March 24th to Walker's luxury residence, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, the problem with this is that on March 24th, Kyle Walker actually posted a public service announcement on Twitter about staying safe and staying at home. To be fair, he did stay home. He was at home. However, he had a friend over, and you're not really supposed to be doing that. And then they had two strangers over, and I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be doing that either. Okay? Now, let's not go ahead and generalize and pretend as if hookers carry diseases or anything like that. But he did have people in his house, which he's not supposed to be doing. So this is why I say everyone knows what, what role they have to play at this point. First of all, if people were not acting like disgusting slobs to begin with, this thing would be much more under control than it is right now. Just full stop. I'm sorry. You know, I shouldn't have to tell you to wash your hands or not cough on people. Okay. Uh, the other thing, if you, if you don't feel well, don't go to work. Really? Really? Is that because when you don't feel well and go to work, you end up coughing on people? <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that why? Is that because you just end up being dirty because you are, you are filled with germs yourself? So some of the things that we do on a regular basis that are accepted, like going to work sick or, or, or having a, a major league ballpark that is absolutely just a sea of urine by the sixth or seventh inning, some of these things that, are, that were just sort of laughed off before are suddenly not that funny. You know, offices that go from four floors to three floors to two floors because we're going with an open floor plan. You're not going with an open floor plan. You're just trying to squeeze more people into less space so you can save money on real estate. Probably not the best thing when there's a, a disease going around. And there's always a disease going around. If you knew what was going through your body on a regular basis, it would shock you. Like, you know when they put cameras in a Dunkin' Donuts overnight and you see all the mice running through the trays? Like that kind of shit. Like shit you just didn't want to know. Only problem is this has made big news, and if you are one of the vulnerable people, one of the people that are most at risk, you can have a real big problem here. That, that, that's, that goes without saying. So everybody knows what they need to do. We don't need a bunch of bullshit from celebrities telling us to stay home. We're already home for watching that anyway, so leave me alone. But just don't bullshit me. Come on. He should have to take that tweet down now. I mean, that should, have been the, that should have been the first thing Manchester City said. Listen, no more public service announcements from you. Take down that tweet. Okay, the one thing we're going to do to you is not let you pretend like you're a good guy. Holy shit. And speaking of soccer, they now believe that there was a game in February in the Champions League between Valencia and Atalanta, which is, a, uh, which is an Italian team. And I think I mentioned this in the last show. You had a bunch of players on Valencia who had tested positive for the virus. And, you know, when players test positive, so do, you know, managers, or, you know, equipment people, maybe coaches, whoever, because these guys are in the same facility. And this thing obviously spreads. It spreads through the air. It spreads through touch, all that kind of stuff. And they played this in Lombardi. So they are now looking at this, um, this town called Bergamo, which I believe is in, yeah, it's in Lombardi. So they played the game there. There were approximately 40,000 fans there, at least hometown fans. And it was a big game for them. They win. There's a huge celebration. People, you know how it is in a soccer game. They all just basically, you know, they just like, well, it's, it's like a dry orgy. It's not like they're having sex, but it's not like they're not having sex. You know what I mean? There's fire and stuff, and they're all kind of rubbing up against each other. But in sort of a platonic way, I'm sure there's some sexual stuff that slips in there. But you know what I'm talking about. Everyone goes to this game. You've got all kinds of fans there, including Valencia fans. I'm sure some of them traveled. Next thing you know, everyone goes back to their respective homes. They live the way they live, and maybe they're a little filthy themselves. I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't want to say anything bad about the Italian people, but let's face it, they have a problem there. And now it spreads. And so when you look at it from that perspective, it's hard to rationalize any of the American sports, you know, having their events right now with fans or really sports anywhere around the world. Uh, UEFA is putting a lot of pressure on the English Premier League to get started by, I think they said July or August. English Premier League basically issued two statements, and they did this perfectly. The first was, we'll come back when we want to come back. We're going to do what's safe and what's right and what our health officials tell us to do. I like that. The next statement was, uh, these were separate statements. We're going to try to come back in June with no fans. 
And at that point in time, you know, you hope there's, you know, vaccine testing, whatever, whatever's necessary to make all that stuff happen so, so that teams can travel safely, they can play safely, and, and you know, go, and then just, you know, go about their business. Not going to be easy. But, you know, in terms of just, you know, dollars and cents and in terms of getting the sport back out there, marketing yourselves and just giving fans what they want, hey, it's worth it. And if it's a sacrifice these guys have to make for their, you know, very, very handsome paychecks, I think they're willing to do it. Otherwise, some of these athletes, depending on what league you play in, you might be getting a pay cut next year. It's possible. And the one sport, believe it or not, that a lot of sports are looking at right now is the one, the one live sport that's actually happening. It's not happening everywhere, but it is happening. It's happening in Florida. It's happening in Oklahoma. Uh, it's happening in Australia. And it's happening in Japan. It's happening in Sweden. And that's horse racing. They say, what does horse racing have to do with anyone else? And, and why are they allowed to go? Well, first of all, no fans. And so basically, what's the point? Well, the point is gambling. We know that. That's the point. But, but besides all that, when it comes to horse racing, the animals have to get fed. They're animals. They have to get exercise. They can't be in stalls. You can't just lock them in there and say, okay, I'll see you in six weeks. I'll see you when the ship blows over. You can't do that. They're animals. So they have to get worked out, and they got to eat. So someone has to be there, obviously, to do that kind of stuff for them. So first and foremost, you're going to have people coming in and out of there. And a lot of the personnel that work at the racetracks across America or anywhere traditionally live there. And a lot of the guys that help out with workouts, maybe some of the starters, uh, some of the stable hands, they work there. It's part of their pay. Now, again, you want to talk about a dark underbelly society. This is, again, not, not the, probably not the greatest look in terms of how, how you know people are getting treated, but you know it is what it is. And so... The idea was, well, you know, we can still run. We can still run races. We're not having a lot of people in and out of there. Obviously, trainers have to come in and out. They're not the trainers are filthy rich. They're not going to live at the racetrack. The jockeys, same thing, right? And you know, you have to have stewards there. You have to have judges. You have to have people to operate the scoreboard and, and a track announcer. But it's not that complicated. The other thing is this: you can operate a racetrack with no travel. Now, is it the same as, is, is it business as usual? No. Like right now, Gulfstream and Tampa, Tampa Bay are running in Florida. So Tampa is not nearly as good a track as Gulfstream, but, you know, maybe you got a horse that breaks its maiden at Tampa and they want to give it a shot in an allowance race at Gulfstream. You know, two, three-hour drive away, whatever it is. Well, you can't do that now. Now, and that's the kind of thing you can't do. You can't have a jockey going from one track to the other. You try to contain the environment. But that now becomes a model for what other sports may try to do. The NBA may try to go to Las Vegas and take over, uh, you know, a cluster of casinos and limit who comes in and out. The NHL may go do something like that in North Dakota. UFC is talking about about going ahead and securing Dana White. And I thought he was kidding, but he's not a private island. Dana White is getting his hands on a private island so that fighters from all over the world can fight there. Have to fly them in private and everything like this. So there, when there's a will, there's a way. And it's funny because when they canceled all these college basketball tournaments, I said, what's the point of doing that? Everyone's there already. Now it kind of sounds like one venue, no fans, a limited amount of people in and out. Wait a second. That kind of sounds like a college basketball tournament to me. So what's the harm when the kids were already there? Sounds like I was onto something there. I understand you're erring on the side of caution, yada, yada, yada. We've heard all the terms, abundance of caution and... You know, public interest, you know, health is, you know, health is the most important thing. We get all that stuff. But it kind of sounds like they could have played those tournaments, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they could have. So that's going to be an interesting thing. Major League Baseball looks like they might be the first one to come back. The NBA wanted to be the first one. Of course, Adam Silver wants to be the first one because he wants to wash the dirty taste out of everyone's mouth from LeBron's antics back in the fall. Again, LeBron having been conspicuously quiet lately. 
Now it looks like Major League Baseball might be the first one to come back and and do so. This is funny, but do so in Arizona at spring training sites across the state. But you're telling me in May and June and God forbid July, you're going to play day games in Arizona because if you only have like I think they said like 10 sites. Well, then how does that work? If you only have 10 sites, some of these places are going to have to host multiple games in the same day. I'm not talking about double headers between the same two teams. I mean, you may have three games at the same venue. They may try to play a noon game and then like a four o'clock game and then like an 830, nine o'clock game. They may do something like that. They may have to do something like that to try to fit as many games in. Otherwise, teams will have a lot of days off. But how many days off are you giving teams at this point? All depends on how many games you want to try to fit into a obviously shorter amount of time and how deep you want to go with this thing. That becomes the, the next question. Where do you go on the back end of all this? Are we talking about a, a World Series around Thanksgiving, around Christmas? The NBA's not going to like that. And the NBA, of course, wanted to be the first one back. But, you know, you know, they don't always get what they want. It seems like Major League Baseball is moving much more quickly with this. But again, they're using the horse racing model. What if we just put the whole league into one contained area? Sounds crazy at first until you actually think it through that it's not so crazy. And finally, you got a new schedule for golf. So we just missed out on a couple of big things, right? The Final Four and the Masters. I once missed out on both those things for the same wedding one year. Now, I know you're saying, well, how, how do you miss out on the Final Four and the Masters? Yeah, I did. Masters Sunday and the Final Four. I don't want to get into the details, but it takes a lot of effort to make, a, make an event that inconvenient. Yes, but a little while back, I did have to do that. And so once again, this year, first time since then, I missed both those events. That, first time since then, I've missed either of those events. I just don't miss those events. So you missed the Final Four and the Masters this year. Well, you're going to get one of them back. You get the Masters back in November. So the weekend before Thanksgiving, you'll get the Masters, which will be kind of interesting. It's going to be a lot of work for, for the, the staff at Augusta because of the type of grass they have down there, yada, yada, yada. If there's one staff and there's one venue that can get it done, it's Augusta National. They got nothing but money. They live for this event. You know, they make a ton of money on it. And you know what? I thought they would try to go ahead with the Masters with no fans, but this way they get, they get, it, they get to have their event and they get to have fans get to make the money at the gate and they don't charge a lot of money there they're famous for not charging a ton of money for concessions and stuff i don't think they even charge a lot of money for the ticket i could be wrong but i think the whole thing with the ticket is just getting the ticket and then the price on the secondary market is just astronomical but now you'll have masters in the fall you're gonna have a u.s open they had no choice with u.s open golf that was in westchester so westchester is one of the hardest hit spots at least at one point with the whole coronavirus issue so they couldn't really have one at Wingfoot in what amounts to like two months from now they couldn't do that because all the planning that goes into it, you've got to make a decision well in advance. So the British Open, they canceled the whole thing. They didn't postpone it. They just canceled it. They actually have pandemic insurance. So does Wimbledon. But in order to collect on the insurance, you have to cancel by a certain date. And with so much uncertainty, they said, you know what? The hell with it. Let's just cash in. Let's just get our money. The U.S. Open or the, Indi the Indianapolis 500, that usually would be uh, you know, the, last, the last weekend in May, a Memorial Day weekend. You know, it's not just about are we going to race or not. Everyone's got to get there. The crews have to get there. The, the networks have to set up all their equipment. They've got to set up, you know, special seating if they're going to have luxury suites or, or tents or what have you. And they also have to do something else. They've got to order food. They've got to order alcohol. They've got to staff the event. These things take time. So what they decided with the U.S. Open was it is so dicey. It's probably like a one out of four shot we'd be able to have it anyway. Let's just have this one in the fall also. So you'll have the U.S. Open. I think the U.S. Open and Ryder Cup are going to be on back-to-back -back weeks. They couldn't really move the Ryder Cup because the Ryder Cup's at Whistling Straits. And how much later are you going to make it than the last weekend in September? So you've got a very interesting scenario where you used to, you, they, they did this new thing with the PGA Championship where they moved it into May so they'd have the first major. So basically what they wanted to have was the Players' Championship in March, the Masters in April, then you'd have the PGA in May. 
So it's not, not the first major, but it's the second major. And then you would have the U.S. Open and the British Open. You'd have a major a month, and then you go into the FedEx Cup, and then football takes over. Now they're, they're back to having the PGA Championship in August, but it happens to be the first major. So very strange the way they've kind of come full circle with all this stuff. We will see how it plays out. I think... I think it'll be a lot of fun. I wish they didn't have to go up against the football, but the football is not going anywhere. There's going to be some juggling with TV. I mean, you know, the NFL and CBS have a relationship. The Masters and CBS have a relationship, but we'll worry about that stuff later. The bottom line is that at least there are plans in place. At least you have a blueprint for the return of sports, which is something I think that we're all looking forward to. So nothing's etched in stone, but things are looking a lot better than they were two weeks ago. Let's hope they keep going that direction. And that's all the time we got this week on The Air Attack. Thanks for joining us, and please check out Facebook.com slash The Air Attack and follow the show on Twitter at Air Attack Radio. Air Attack Radio on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter at BCAK The Man. Also, The Air Attack is available on Apple Podcasts, on Spreaker, and on Spotify. Subscribe and share today. Close it out today with our friend from Nashville. Here's Chase Allen. See amazing. I am BC The Man. I will see all of you next week on The Air Attack. <laughs>